Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Help of Hashem, we are learning Babakama Daf Ayin Zayin. We left off on Daf Ayin Vav Amit Bey's second to last line before the bottom of the Amit. We are learning a beautiful sugi here explaining the Mishnah Daf Ayin Dalid Amit Bey's, the Shita of Rab Shimon. The case the way the Gemara concluded of the Mishnah in Abshimen is that a owner, let's call him Chaim, who owns an animal, was Magdish the animal. Then a Ganav steals an animal that was already consecrated by its rightful owner. And, and then the Ganav shechts it. So Abshimen says there will be times where the Ganav has to pay Dalad Vehe. How does that work? First of all, the first question is the Torah says Dalad Vehe. Even Kefal, only Hegdish. So that's Rab Shimon in the Mishnah that says that when the animal, that Chaim, the owner, was Magdish, he was Magdish to fulfill his neder, which means that if something were to happen to this animal before it was actually halachically brought on the altar, the owner will have to replace it. The owner is Chayim Bachrayis. Rab Shimon holds Kol Hagoyrem Lamamin Kamamin Dami. Now that the Ghana for Uven took it away from Chaim. When it's not brought properly, Chaim is going to have to replace it. So it's considered Chaim's enough for us to say that you Ghana for Uven, you shechted an animal that belongs to Chaim. And therefore give him Dalad Vahey. The problem is we had on Daf Ayin Vav Amid Aleph. One second. Rab Shimon is the one that holds Shechita She'en Ruya Loishma Shechita. Okay, I get it. It's considered still Chaim's, because it's Chayiv Bachrayis. But for what are you Chayiv Dalad Vehei? Either for selling it or for shechting it. It's not called Shechita, because it's Shechita She'en Didn't accomplish anything. It's, you disqualified the carbon for, what the, for which the Gemara gave three answers, and we're going to focus on the third answer, which we're up to. The Shlakish answer is like the case was, like we mentioned, Chaim, the owner, was Magdash, an animal. Reuven stole that animal from Chaim's home. Because Chaim is Chayiv Bachrayis, we still consider it the Gunaf Mi Beis Ish, it belongs enough to Chaim, but the animal became blemished. And he shechted it outside the Beis Hamikdash, but it's not a Kachim animal outside the Beis Hamikdash that was disqualified. It's an animal that's already blemished. And therefore it's called Shechit Ruya. To which Rabbi Lazar asked, one second, I get it, the animal was blemished, but really, you're not allowed to shecht it and eat it. You have to redeem it. And as we spoke out on the last year, obviously the case of the Mishnah wasn't that it was redeemed. Because if it was redeemed, then it's Bechlal not Hegdish anymore. The Mishnah is speaking about that Ganaf Vehigdish Vitavach. It's Hegdish. It means it was not redeemed. If it was not redeemed, so then even though Reuven slaughtered Staka, not an animal, that's Kachim Bachutz, but you still cannot eat it until you redeem it. So if the Shechita was not the Matir, it has a home? Yeah. So it's not disqualified because of Kachim Bachutz. But the problem is, is that since the Shechita does not in itself allow you to eat it, because you still have to redeem it, so if the Shechita is not the Mater, the question is, it's still, it should still be considered Shechita She'en Ruya. To which the Gemara answered that Rav Shimon is the one that holds Yes, you did not yet redeem it, but since there is a mitzvah for you to redeem it, it's considered as if you redeemed it. 
and it's considered enough as if you redeemed it to make the shechita called the shechita ruya. Now we have to show from where do we know that Rab Shimon holds kol ha'aymed liftois kipadi damai. So two lines from the bottom, the kol ha'aymed lipadis kipadi damai. Where do we have this in Rab Shimon? The Tanya, Rab Shimon Aimer. We're turning to Daf Ayin Zayin. Here we're speaking about a paraduma. Now a paraduma by divine providence. We just started today. It's we're in the earlier days of Chodesh Menachemov, Tavshin Ayin Vav. We just started learning Pedek Echad Layim Rambam. We're actually going to learn a sheet in the Mishnah that the Rambam does not paskin like. But for those of us who are learning the Rambam, we're familiar with these dinim. If you have a paraduma that has to be slaughtered on Har Hazesim, facing the Makim Hamigdash, the din is going to be. Let's read inside the the Braisa para. And again, we're going to read it with the shuva here. Metame tumas eicholin a paraduma after it's slaughtered could become tamei. It could become susceptible to become tamei. It could become tamei, and it could convey tuma. The question is, let's quickly review what we learned. Shitas Rab Shimon, according to the Chachamim, eicholin is called eicholin if it's edible. We don't care whether you can halachically eat it or not. Rab Shimon is more lenient. Rab Shimon holds that food stuff that is completely halachically unedible. When I say completely, I mean not only can the owner not eat it, but the owner cannot even derive benefit from. Wherever the owner could derive benefit, even though he cannot eat it, he can give it to a goy, for example. So it's still called edible. But if the owner cannot even have hanah, Rab Shimon is lenient and he says it's not called. Quoting a pasuk in Parsha Shemini, Mikol Ha'Oichal Asher Yeachal. It's not food. Now you would think, you kidding? A paraduma that was slaughtered. Right after it's slaughtered, it's slaughtered on a pile of wood. You sprinkle the blood towards the Makim Hamigdash and you burn it. No one can derive benefit. So you were to think that that food can never become tummy. And therefore, it can never convey tuma. Says Rab Shimon, not so simple. That even the para after it's slaughtered, the meat. Even though really it's asr bahana mitame tumay sechalin. Question is how? You're not allowed to have hana from it. So that's the other din of Rab Shimon that we spoke out on the last year. That even Rab Shimon will be moida that if there was a moment that the food was allowed to be eaten, it's considered edible food. Even though if now it's no longer allowed, now it still is food that could become tamei and therefore can convey tamei if it has at least the sides of a bayam. Why? So Rab Shimon explains. There was a moment of fitness. No, there was a moment that it was classified as food. So Rab Shimon says it remains classified as food. Now, before we go on again, just to speak out that there are two versions in this brayso. Whether we're speaking about mitame, mitame means with a shvua to convey to make something else tame, versus mitame with a chidik. Mitame means to contract tuma, and I'll speak out the difference. We're going to quote the Toisvus in a moment, but let's first get to the Brisa. So we're turning the Ahmed, the big Ahmed over here, and the Ahmed Reb Shimon Melakish Reshlakish explaining this Brisa. How can you say that when you shech the paraduma, according to Reb Shimon, there was a shasa koishir exactly when the animal was designated as a paraduma? It needed to be designated as a paraduma. You can never eat the meat. How how is how is there a shasa koishin? So the Shlakish explains, Oimir Hayrab Shimin. That's based on another din of Rab Shimin. That paranivdis al Gabamarachta. 
That's the thing we learned yesterday in the Rambam. If you, if you designate a paraduma and you find a more beautiful paraduma, it's amazing that the concept of offering a carbon from the most beautiful applies even to the paraduma. No one is eating it. You're not even shechting it in the Beis Amigdash. It doesn't even have Kedushas Haguf. Paraduma is in the category of Kedushas Damim. But nevertheless, the Torah calls it Achatos. Be that as it may, Rav Shimon is of the opinion that even after you shechted the Paraduma, if there is a justified reason for you to redeem it, you redeem it. And if, since you are allowed to redeem it, that's going to be the din, it's considered as if you did redeem it. That's only before you burnt it. Once you burnt it, then you can't redeem it. Then it's going to be used for the Afar Chatas. Alma, we see from over here, so now that's going, that answers the whole question. Just like Rab Shimon is going to say that the paraduma can be metame, in the case of our Mishnah, the way Reshlakish interpreted it, it's beautiful that it's Reshlakish, Reshlakish. Reshlakish, also in Shitas Rab Shimon, that it had a mum, and you shechted it chutz, and you did not redeem it yet. Shechita was the one that was it. Because now you could redeem it. It's considered as if you already redeemed it. So it's called the shechita, shechita ruya, shema shechita. Rabbi Shimon holds you chayiv to pay dalav vehi. Now before we move on, turning back to daf ayin zayin on dalav. First of all, the minchas Elazar quotes in the name of Chasidus Sherebis that this large toisvus para mitame tumei was written by a bal toisvus the night before he was killed by the Christians, by the Catholics for not becoming a goy. As our tragic history was. That in, during the times of the Bali Toysavis, it's in France. Then today it's the Muslims, then it was the Catholics. They used to force the Yidin, the sword, or convert. And Yidin died al-Kiddush Hashem. So imagine the Bali Toysavis that wrote this was already condemned to die. They killed him the next day, and the night before he wrote this Toysavis. So it's important to quote some of this Toysavis. Toysavis has the following question. He doesn't understand the whole B'raisa. You're, you're asking whether the Pada could convey Tuma or cannot convey Tuma whether it goes into the category one of the, the novelties of paraduma, which makes it into a chayik, that it's metame satahayrim. Paraduma is metame everyone. If you use it, it's metame. And, and it's metame the kain who sprinkles a kain tame. Not only is it metame the kain himself, it's metame his garments. It's a tuma chamura. Tuma soichlin is a tuma kala. Oichlin cannot be metame the clothing. Oichlin can only be metame uh, 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 another other food, Oichlin So Toysavis answers, one approach will be, is that we're speaking about a case where there is less, someone else had Tomei Deka food. But as we mentioned in the previous year, that everyone is Moida, that in order for Tomei Deka food to be able to be metame, metashva, to convey Tuma, it needs to have the amount of a Kebeya. To contract Tuma, let's go here with Shitas Toysavis, and maybe Rashi here changes his mind, Toysavis claims, that it can contract Tuma with the minimum amount. So there is food that is less than the size of a Kebeya. The Shitas Toysavis, that it can contract Tuma, it's tummy, but it cannot convey Tuma. What happens if you combine a piece of meat from the Paraduma with that food? So that is what this din is negeya for. That's one approach on Toysavis. So if the meat of the paraduma l'shitas rab shimen, since there was a shasa koisher, can also convey tumah, then if this meat 
together, he's saying paraduma is tamay anyway, perfect. So now you have a piece of paraduma, you have a piece of other Reichalen that became tamay, together they form a kebeya. The din is that if you have tamay de kafur and the amount of a kebeya, it can convey tamay to something else. If we were to say that paraduma, according to Rab Shimon, never contracts tumas Reichalen, then yes, when the paraduma in itself has the power to be metayir, metame satohayrim. But not when it comes to the dinim of that other sake, needing to have the shield of a kebeya, this cannot combine with that. You want of the kebeya to convey tuma by touch. That's one answer in Taisus. And there's many other answers, and Va'ayin enjoy learning the Taisus and the Va'ayin Zayin Pada. But coming back over here, so now we're good, we explain the Mishnah. Three lines on the top of the Amid continues the Gemara. Bishlam and Abiyechanan, Loy Amar Kirab Shemem and Lakish. The reason why Abiyechanan, Sai according to Ravdimi, which was the first answer in Abiyechanan, the animal, the Kachim, was a Tamim that was slaughtered in the Azara, Lishayim Bailim, or Ravin in the name of Abiyechanan, that the animal was a Tamim that was slaughtered in the Azara. They did not answer our Mishnah like Reish Lakish, the because they wanted our Mishnah not to be limited to an animal that got blemished. It works even if the animal is Tamim, it's a Shechita Ruya because it was slaughtered with Nim. That answer is better because you're not forcing the din of Reish Lakish only in a case where the animal got blemished. Answers the Gemara, Amar Lach, answers Reish Lakish, I'll tell you why. And we had this concept before in the parsha of Aganef, who later was slaughtered or sold. The Torah says, Utevachai oi mecharai. The Torah juxtaposes Tficha and Mechira, says Reish Lakish, like this. Kol heicha de mechira. Wherever there's a scenario that if the Ganef sells it, he'll be obligated to pay the four or five for the selling. There and only there, Isib Tficha. If instead of selling it, he slaughtered it, he has to pay Dalad Vehei. They have to go on the same track. However, Vichol heicha de mechira. Wherever he cannot sell it, Leisib Tficha. Then even if he slaughtered it, he's not going to be chayv to pay. And therefore, look at Reish Lakish, continuing in the Gemara, Vahani, if we're speaking about, like Yudha B'yechanon, if we're speaking about unblemished Kachim, Hoyel Dechim Mizdabein, Kachim Lehava Mechira. If this Ganef were to sell it, and by the way, that's not only on the Ganef, even if the owner were to sell it, if it's unblemished Kachim, even according to Rab Shimon, that it's considered the owner's because he's chayv b'achrayis, but it's not fully his. It's only dover ha'goyrim l'mamin, but it's really belonging to God. If he were to sell it, the act of sale has no halachic consequence. It's not called a sale. So since it's a piece of meat, an animal, that, is, that cannot be sold, so according to the Shlakish, there is no din of tvich mechira. It has to be speaking about a blemished animal. Gavaldig. Leist no and the Gemara collaborates. The Gemara says, and exactly for us the litamayu that this machlokes between Rabbi Yechonin and Eishlakish. Now we're learning a new din that Eishlakish limits the din of tviicha mechira one to the other. The only time where a ganav will have to pay dalad vehei is where the ganav had a halachic option. It's not that halachic; he's a ganav. But wherever he would be able either to sell it or to shecht it, and if he cannot do one, 
even though he could have done the other and he did the other, he won't be penalized with Dalvei. The Itmar we learn regarding a Ganev, a Ganev steals an animal. And then, instead of shechting the animal, he sells it. Now, we did learn in Daf Ayin, if a Ganev steals an animal, and he shechts an animal, and the animal is treif, if he shechts it, what did Rab Shimon say? He's not chayib, Dalvei. Why not? Because since shechita she'enir oil, you didn't shecht it. What happens if instead of shechting it, you sold it? You were moichet atreifa. So the, it says, in the, it says, it was stated that ledivir, according to Rab Shimon, that holds that had the Ganef slaughtered it, he would not pay dalad vehei shechita she'enir oil, lash moshechita. What happens in the, in the case of sale? Rab Yechinan says you're chayiv. As we just learned, Rabbi Yechanan does not connect one with the other. Even in a scenario where you cannot do one, if you did the other and the other worked, you have to pay. However, the Shlakish says, Pater. The Shlakish says that if you sold, if a Ghanav steals a Trefa animal and then he sells the Trefa animal, how do you know it's Trefa? You'll find out later. Whoever bought it, checks it. Once you discover. Uh, there are 18 types of illnesses or blemishes in an animal that even if you make a shechita kshera, halachically you could never eat that animal. There's a hole in the lung. Okay. There you go. No one knew about it, but if you discover later it's treif, so Rab Shlakish is saying, you're not chayv dalad vehei. Why? Because of this juxtaposing, because of the smichus. Rab Yechinen says chayv, af lagav even though according to Rab Shimon, and if the Ganef were to shecht it, he won't have to pay Dalad Vey. So what? He didn't shecht it, he sold it for selling it. Dalad Vey is in Mechira. The Shlokish says, Potter, why? Because Kivan the Lay Sebetficha, since according to Rab Shimon, for the act of Shechita, you won't have to pay Dalad Vey. Lay Sebemechira, you don't have to pay Dalad Vey if you sell it. So coming back over here, that's why the Shlokish was unable to speak to explain our Mishnah that we're speaking about kachim that are wholesome, kachim that are unblemished. Kachim that are unblemished are leisei b'mechira. If the leisei b'mechira, even if you did tficha, the way that Shlokish explained, Rabbi Yechinen will hold, you won't have to pay da'al vehi. Even with the whole explanation that we gave you, shechadit nichutz, and kol ho'emid lipadis kipadi dame, so what? If you cannot, by t'mimim, kol ho'emid lizrei kizarek dame, if you can't sell it, then if you shechadit it, you're not going to be chayv da'al vehi. One second, according to you, that you connect one with the other, how do you explain the following b'raisa? The b'raisa says, Ganaf kilayim. Kilayim means a crossbreed here. And the crossbreeding that we are referring to is a lamb and a goat that had an offspring. Now let's not forget that when true, that we limit the din of Dalad Vehei to only an ox, a shoyr, and a seh, we said the whole time that seh in this parasha doesn't only mean a lamb. Seh here means a lamb or a goat. It's only on these three animal types that you're chayef, four or five, if you sold or slaughtered. But if you have an animal that comes from a lamb and a goat, but it's a crossbreed, doesn't matter who was the dad and who was the mom. So it says in Ebraisa, if you ganvit a kalaim and you shechted it, or if you ganvit an animal that it's treif and you sold it, in both of these cases, you're going to be high of Dalad Vehei. We do consider a crossbreed a seh. It's not a pure lamb, it's not a pure goat, but it's coming from a lamb and a goat. And each one by themselves, you're high for Tvicha or Mechira. Likewise, in Kalayim, from 
a lamb and a goat. Now look at the, look at look at this braiso. The braiso doesn't speak about tficha mechira in both cases. The braiso doesn't say that if ganav kilayim or ganav trefa, and then you sell it or you shecht it. The braiso doesn't say it. First of all, says the Gemara, my love, Rab Shimini. Who's the author of this braiso, Rab Shimon? Like Rashi points out, why is the author Rab Shimon? Because if you don't hold that shechita she'ena reshuya. If you were to hold like the Chachamim that Shema then why did the Braisa, when it speaks about a Treifa, only give the case of Machara? According to the Rabbanon, if a person steals a Treifa and you shecht it, you're Chayiv Dalad Vehei. You're Chayiv both for Tvicha and for Machira. The fact that the Braisa says Treifa u Machara, the whole Braisa is Rab Shimon. Now, one second, Af Alma. Now, what do we say, Alma? Af Lagav Deleisa If even though it's Rab Shimon, and taka by tviche, you're going to be exempt because it's loish moshchita, but you sold it. So that's a kasha against Rishlakish. Amar leis runs Rishlakish. No, 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 no. Arab Raisa, according to Rab Shimon, they go on the same track. Treifa, you're not chayiv, not for tviche. Shchita she'ena shumua. You're not chayiv for mechira. This Raisa is the Rabbanan. I asks the Gemara, I Rabbanan, Treifa, the mechira, Isa. According to the Chachamim, why did the Braiso only speak about selling a treifa? According to the Chachamim, if a Ganev shechts a treifa, even though it's not ru'ya to eat, but you still chayiv dalad vehei, why did they only speak about mechira? So counters the Gemara of Elamai Rab Shimon. One second, for that, for that you're going to respond that the Braiso is Rab Shimon. That still didn't resolve the question. Why not? Because Kilayim, that we're learning that Kilayim, is included in Parshas Dalad Vehei, the din that Yechai of Dalad Vehei for Kalayim isn't only on Tficha, which is the case of the Braisa, by Mechira also. Kalayim betficha Isa, bimechira Lasa. So I'm back to the question why did the Braisa only by Kalayim speak about one case? Ella, I'm gonna answer you that Tana Tficha Vodin Lemechira. This Tana only gave an example. So when it spoke about Yeshechting Kalayim, it didn't only mean shechting, which is taka the din. That if you shecht a kalayim, you chayiv dalad vehei. And if you sell kalayim dalad vehei, tvicha, hu adin lemechira. Likewise, emel rabbanan nami, tana mechira hu adin letvicha. In the case of a treifa, taka like the rabbanan, both. You chayiv on mechira, you also chayiv on tvicha. The Braisa gave one example in each case. To which the Gemara says, nah, the Rabbi Yechanan will tell you, hi, my, what kind of logic are you telling me? If the author is Rab Shimon, then I'll tell you, I did the ton of Trefa Bechada. Since the Braisa, by the case of Trefa, the Braisa was unable to teach it by both scenarios. According to Rab Shimon, if you're Teveyach Trefa, you're Pater. So the Braisa needed to only give the case of Mechira. So since in the case of Trefa you only could have taught it by one, to make the Braisa symmetric, even though Be'emes Kalayim is included in the Din of Dalad Vehei, and it's included Sai if you shecht it or if you sell it, both Tvicha Oy Mechira, the Braisa gave one example for one, it only gave one for the other. 
In the case of Trefa, it was only able to speak about one. In Kalayimi, it was able to speak about two, but it gave one just for symmetry. But and according to you, Reish you Taka have to learn the Brises, the Chachamim, because you will hold that according to Rabshimin. Nothing that's done to a Trefa will make the Ganaf have to pay four or five. But my question will be, Na'arvinu, Vinisninu, why didn't the Brisa begin by mixing both cases together and saying that Ganaf, Kalayim, if a person stole an animal that's a crossbreed, or if a gun of stolen animal, that's Trefah, and then the Brisa should have said all together, he was Tavachan, he shechted it, or Umacharan, and the Dinah is Mishalom Tashlumi, Abba Hamisha. And the Gemara says, Taka Kashem, it doesn't refute Reish Lakish, but it's a Doichik to say that the Brisa goes according to the Chachamim, had that been so, the Brisa shouldn't have limited neither of these cases to only one Tvichu or Mechir, it should have been to both. But we didn't refute Reish Lakish. So now again, we're going back to this new Machlaikis, whether we combine one to the other. And Reish Lakish says that we combine one with the other again, which means that since lit up Shimon, if you're Toiveyach at Reifa, you don't have to pay Dalad Vehei. That's a Beferish Mishnah, and Dafayin, because Shechita, Sheena Ruya, Loishma Shechita, Reish Lakish will hold. Same thing will be that if you sell according to Rab Shimon, at Reifa, you also won't be penalized with Dalad Vehei. Now let's go back to the din of Kalayim. Says the Gemara, Kalayim, you told me, according to everyone, that's the Braisa, that an animal that's a crossbreed from a lamb and a goat is included in the parsha of Tvicho Mechira. Frek the Gemara, in that Pasik, it begins with Kiyignoif Ish, Shoir Oiseh. And sexiv, the Torah uses the word seh, and the problem is v'omar, rava, rava says, and we're going to go follow shitas toisvis that explains, I'm sorry, we're going to follow shitas rashi and chulin that explains that rava is referring to a pasik in parshas re'ei, which is also speaking about kosher or non-kosher animals, and in parshas re'ei it says, zois habehema asher toichelu, shoir sei kisavim, or say isim, the Torah uses the word seh, and Rava says zeh bonaav, that the word seh in, in Parshas Re'ei is going to be the base to, to, to tell you that kol makim shenemar seh, einoi elo lohitziyasakalayim. When Hashem uses the word seh, God means to exclude kalayim, because in Parshas Re'ei it says say ksavim, or say isim. The Torah didn't have to say the word seh, it's mamash extra. It's to teach you that seh means a pure seh, either from a kevis, or kesev, or from an ez. But if it's a crossbreed, it's not called a seh. So if that's the case, why are we including a crossbreed in the penalty of Dalad Vehei? Answers the Gemara, Shanahachi here is different. The Amar Kra, the Pasuk here, as we mentioned, in Pashos Mishpatim, says, Ki ish shoir. Oi seh, there is an extra word. The Torah could have said shoid. This seh, which also could have meant or. Oi is the extra letter. Ah, lerabe says kalayim. It's extra to include the kalayim from the oi. Counters the gemara v'chol oi lerabe su. Every oi is including. V'hatanya. Now we're quoting a brayso that's based on a pasuk in Parshas Emoir. There the Torah says regarding people that are consecrating their animals. So the Pasuk is telling you, we read the Sanyantiv, that you can only offer Kachim from the eighth day and on. And the Pasha there begins that Shoir Oy Chesev, Oy Eiz, Kiyavalit, an ox or a lamb 
or a goat that is born. So the Pasuk says that for the first seven days it has to stay with the mother. It's only It's only from the eighth day you can offer it as a carbon. So there, there's a b'raise that says that you cannot offer to the Beis Amikdash a crossbreed. Because what type of animal can you bring as a carbon? Either cattle, which means oxen, cows, or when they're, when they're calves, but from that type, or as the Pasuk says, shoir oi chesev, oi eis, one or the other and not a mixture. Prat that is being excluded from the oi between the words shoir and chesev. Now there's another oi, it says oi eis, or a goat. So that oi is excluding nidma. Nidma means a mutant. A mutant means that if both parents, let's say, were lambs, but there are times that the animal looks just like a goat. Or if both parents were goats, but the animal looks like a lamb. That cannot be offered as a carbon either. So clearly you see from oi, in emoid excludes. Why would the oi here in Parshas Mishpatim include, answers the Gemara, Amarava, this is a very important approach, that you have to see the context of the Pasik in order for you to understand what to do with an extra word. According to the context, accordingly will be the interpretation. Interpretation. Since it says, Shoir when the Torah says the two animals for which you have to be mechira, what are the two animals? An ox or a lamb? Can you physically crossbreed an ox and a lamb? Now we're not speaking about the genetic splicing that the world discovered now, but we're going to learn in Mirz Hashem a very fascinating gemara in Mesechta Bechayrus and Ches. Amadalif, the Gemara is teaching you, Pashat, physically, what animals could be crossbred, meaning that if the parents have a relation, it can, the mother can get pregnant and what cannot. And the Gemara over there gives two rules that if they are animals, that they gestate for the same amount of time, and the way that they have an act of cohabitation are the same. So, for example, what's the act of cohabitation the same? The options are panim el panim, panim el achir, or achir el achir. There the Gemara says that Adam, that people, fish and snakes have a relation panam al panam. And the question is how long do human beings gestate for? So there we're going to learn that none of them, the man and the snake and the fish have different periods. And we're going to see over there that a behemoth, daka, the gestation period is of five months. So an ox and a, and a, and a lamb or a goat they physically have relations face to back, but the gestation period, the, the, the small animals, says the sheep or the goat, they gestate for five months. A kosher behemagasa is nine months. So since the periods of gestation are not the same, they cannot become a crossbreed. That's the whole Gemara over there that the Gemara mentions that a snake, the time of its gestation is seven years. And the Gemara there in Ahmed Bez, that's a very famous Gemara, asks, yeah? A snake becomes pregnant for seven years, and that's the whole, that we, it was challenged, and that's the whole story that Rabbi Shoh ben Hananiah went to debate the Sove de Atuna, the sages of Athens. And it's a very cryptic debate. It's like one of those most amazing sugyas. And he won the debate. The kid said, a shayr and a sek cannot crossbreed. Even though, again, the tashmish is the same, but the gestation period is different. A sheep and a goat they could crossbreed. 
because it's both pan and malacher, and they're both for five months. So coming back over here, when the Torah says shoyr said the two examples the Torah gives are two animal types that can never crossbreed. So it should not, it should not include kalayim. So if the Torah gives examples of scenarios where you can't even have a crossbreed, which would make you think that we're not including crossbreeds, so when they're now you have an extra word, it comes to include something you would not have known otherwise. Which is taka the din, that the penalty for tviho mechira isn't only on an ox, isn't only on a lamb, isn't only on a goat, it's also for a crossbreed from a lamb and a goat. However, Gabi Kachim, we quoted the Pasik and Parshas Emoid, the Pasik begins Shoir, Oy Chesev, Oy Eiz, Ah, Chesev and Eiz, a lamb and a goat, they could crossbreed. That's the safe of the Pasik. Physically, if a lamb and a goat, they can, uh, the, whoever the mom is, she can get pregnant. So since it already includes kalayim, it allows for kalayim. So over there, when you have an extra word, now we're going to daf ayin ches, to which the Gemara right away challenge, hold on. In the Pasik and Parshas Emoid, doesn't only mention chesev oyez, the Pasik begins that shoir oy chesev oyez. Why are you looking at the Sefer of the Pasik? And by saying, ah, the Sefer is giving examples of animals that could cross-breed. And Emmer also says, And if you take the ratio of the Pasik, the ox and the lamb, they cannot cross-breed. And therefore, Vinarbe. So if the, let's do the same thing we do over here. The trader begins with examples that cannot create a crossbreed. So now, in that context, an extra word should include. Answers the Gemara, no, meet the Sefer Lomayit. See, the question is, what, do you look at the Reisha, do you look at the Sefer? Since it says, Shoir oy, Chesev Oyez, Chesev Oyez, do include Reisha Nama Lomayit. So again, since the Sefer allows for a crossbreed, so in that context, Oy is going to exclude. So once Oy is going to exclude, we also use the Oy in the ratio to exclude, which is why we exclude two things. We exclude Kalayim, cannot be offered as a carbon, and we exclude the mutant, the Nidma. So the Gemara says, Why are you looking at the Sefer? Look at the ratio. Answers the Gemara, hi my. Again, this expression. What kind of logic do you have? If we're going to understand that the oys in Emor are coming to diminish, to exclude, who the itzrech That's why the trader says twice. It says shoir, oy chesev, oy eiz. There are two oys there. Why? Because even if when you use one to exclude kalayim, you would not automatically exclude the mutant. It could be that, you know what, God does not want for a carbon, an animal that was produced from two different parents. It, this is a lamb, this is a goat. But maybe if both parents are lambs, or both of them are goats, even though the animal looks like another type, but it comes genetically from one type, so therefore you need another eye to exclude the mutant as well. But if we're going to look at the ratio, and therefore, shoir, Oy, chesev, does not allow for kalayim. And we're going to say, ah, so now the oy is going to be marbe kalayim. So then the question will be, trader boy lama. The trader would not need two oys. Why not? Uh, exactly, because if you even include kalayim, hash the kalayim irabile, nidma mi So because of you having two oy oy, it has to be its lama How do you explain the lama in the context of the pasik? You look at the sefer of the pasik. 
Safe of the Pasik naturally allows for Kalayim. Chesev Oyeh, so the Oyeh is Lumamayit. And we remind Kalayim, we remind Nidma. Coming back in Pasha's Mishpatim, Shoir Oyeh, Shoir Oyeh doesn't allow for Kalayim. The Oyeh is Larabo, is Kalayim. And that's how we explain the Braiso that if you sell a Kalayim, or if you shech the kalayim, you're going to be chayiv, dalid, vehei, imerts Hashem to be continued.